I'm Shia Sussman, licensed clinical social worker, master in education, and a certified alcohol substance abuse counselor. I'm in private practice. My main office is here in the Five Towns. I have an office in Crown Heights and in Flatbush. I'll jump right in. So uh, I met Kira at the conference, and I know Evan, I know her husband, go way back from Heritage Retreats days. A, uh, I was pra when I went to school uh, as a social worker, I had really, really high hopes of helping people. I really, really wanted to help people, very, very much so. And I was excited about helping people, and I was a, uh, very enthusiastic about it. And shortly after I went to school, I was practicing for some time. I worked at a certain clinic in Brooklyn for many years. Mm -hmm. And I was working there, and I would say about a year and a half in, maybe even two years in, uh, to working there every day, I started feeling very much like this is going nowhere. I started feeling like whatever I'm doing is not really helping people. And a lot of the psychology things, even though I was taught it and I understood it and I was trained in it and et cetera, et cetera, uh, it didn't really make so much sense to me. You know, like it made sense, like I could explain it, but it didn't really hit home, you know. And when I was practicing with people, I was feeling uh, very uh, disappointed because I saw what I was doing. I felt uh, wasn't helping being impactful in the way that I really wanted it to be impactful. Not to say it wasn't helping anyone, but in what I had envisioned prior to going to school, uh, I had this very lofty vision of helping people, you know, in a serious way. And, you know, where the vision meets reality uh, is a different story, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt very disappointed about, uh, about this. And I was reading avidly all different sorts of avenues of psychology, and there's many hundreds of modalities of therapy, and I, uh, it's well documented. And I was going to trainings, trying to find things, and they, uh, just things really didn't click for me. It didn't really make sense. Until I came across this approach called the Innate Health Approach. It has several different names. Uh, locally, it's usually called Innate Health, but it's also called Three Principles or long-winded name, Three Principles of Innate Health. Uh, so either call it Three Ps or Innate Health for short. And they, uh, I came across this approach and it was really, really unique to me. And for the last bunch of years already, I've really dedicated myself, it's become like a hobby of mine, uh, to really understand, to understand it because it's simple, it's very simple, uh, as they say, simple but not simplistic, you know, that Sometimes the most obvious truths, the most simplest things that are right underneath our nose, they often evade us. You know, it's like we're right there the whole time and we just overlook it for more, let's say, complicated ideas or more sophisticated ideas. And when I started learning about this approach for me, uh, it just really rang true because of its great simplicity and I found in it as well profound depth. Uh, and it really unlocked a whole new world for me of helping people uh, on a whole nother level, the level that I had originally imagined helping people. So, and the more I talk about it, I mean, I'm involved with it all day long because I work with people all day long, but the more uh, I understand it even for myself, you know, the more uh, impactful it becomes for other people. And it's really, again, become a hobby of mine. It really put me back, I feel, in my element in order to really help people. So we talk about simple but not simplistic. So one of the main premises of this approach, and I don't want anyone to take my word for this per se, but I'm going to talk about this 
tonight. Uh, there's two main points that I want to drive home. One is that your feelings come from your thinking, right? Uh, we're going to come back to that a lot. That's going to be the main point, one of the main points. And the second main point that I want to drive home is that whatever you're, whatever you're feeling slash thinking, because thoughts and feelings are one and the same, we're going to talk about that, uh, that becomes what you see. Which, for example, uh, if I'm in a bad mood, life looks miserable. If I'm feeling good, life looks good. And what this shows, uh, what this posits is, we're going to come back to this and start with the first point first, is that they, uh, everything in life, it's very different than the way we're used to look at things because what do we always say? Oh, well, that causes my feelings or my spouse causes my feelings, uh, my kids cause my feelings. Uh, my thoughts have something to do with my feelings, but not everything. My circumstance or the, my surroundings, the things, different things in my life cause my feelings. And what this really points to and this really shows very, very, very directly that our feelings only come from our thinking. There's only one place where feelings comes. They don't come from traffic. They don't come from our spouse, although it looks that way, right? It doesn't come from our kids, although it looks that way. Uh, it doesn't come from our job. There's only one place in life that our feelings come from, and that's from uh, what I like to call the power of thought. So I wanted to give a few examples, uh, develop this idea over here, and to show how the thought-feeling connection is really one and the same. I like to call them, uh, I have a YouTube video on this in my YouTube channel. Just type in my name, Shai Sussman, will come right up and look for the one that says, where do feelings come from? And... Uh, I use a term over there that actually, it's not mine, I heard it from someone else named Rudy Kennard, and he calls it feelings, thought feelings. That what happens is, is that we wind up splitting our thoughts and our feelings. We say, oh, what's the cause of my feelings? It's, you know, uh, I'm late, you know, or, or someone made me feel a certain way. And what we, what we don't do is, we don't say the reason why I'm feeling a certain way is because I'm thinking that way. Right? So it's a very, very big difference. And to jump into this more, the question really at hand is, is what is the, what is the uh, attribution of our experience of life? And I know people are looking like, hopefully this will all get clear to everyone uh, as we talk. So an example I like to say is like, I don't have a relationship with my wife Effie over here. I have a relationship with my thinking about my wife Effie. And as my thinking is different, my experience of her is different. So uh, I was working with a kid the other day. I work a lot with uh, kids and adolescents. I was working with a kid and he was complaining to me about his parents and he was complaining about his teachers, you know, typical kid things that they talk about. And I said to him, well, do you ever, you know, like your Rebbe in class? And he said, yeah, sometimes I do, he's not all evil. So I said, well, what changed? Is it your Rebbe or was it you, right? So he says, well, that time my Rebbe was nice to me. I said, well, if you really hated your Rebbe, you'd hate your Rebbe all the time. You know, but sometimes you seem to like him. You have different experiences. And this really goes beyond feeling because we feel this way, we feel that way. But what I'm suggesting is that uh, our entire experience of the situation changes. So we all have people in our lives uh, that sometimes we might like them and sometimes we might hate them. It's usually a family member. Uh, sometimes we really like them. And sometimes we really don't like them and we can't stand to be around them. And oh my goodness, how could they have said that? And they said this, they said that, or they mm -hmm. did this and they did that. And what the misunderstanding here is, 
is, or where the point to be able to really show this idea is that sometimes you'll be with that person and you'll say, oh, they weren't so bad. Or, oh, I kind of had a nice time. Or, a, uh, or oh, I enjoyed that. You know, and other times you might look at that person and you might say, well, that person's like the worst person in the world. And the question really here is what changed? Was it the circumstance that changed? Was that person? Or was it your thinking about that person that changed? So a, uh, I want to draw a picture over here of a marker board, handy dandy marker board over here. And I really just want to drive this, this point home. This is also called, a lot of times what we call it is, Oh yeah, I was gonna hold it up for everyone after after I draw it because so I don't have a stand here. A lot of times, like the, it's called a inside out, or you know, let me let me start like okay, yeah, inside out, inside out, mixed. And don't worry, he's not gonna draw that much. Doesn't. I'm saying that we could listen. Okay, fine. It's fine. Get everyone. I'll, I'll hold it up for everyone. Oh, perfect. Yeah, right. So a uh, one way. One way people think the wor world works is like this, and I'm gonna I'm just turning it for here so I could draw. Uh, is called outside in, which means if you ask someone uh, where do feelings come from, they'll tell you okay. If you ask someone where do feelings come from, this is outside in, this is mixed in inside out. I'm gonna explain each one as we go through them. They'll tell you where do feelings come from. Well, they come from my job. It made me feel a certain way. It comes from my spouse, my husband, my wife. My, my husband, my wife made me feel a certain way. Where, where else does it come from? It comes from my kids, right? A, uh, where could it come from? My coworkers. Coworkers, oh, right? <laughs> it could come from traffic. Traffic is the cause of my feelings. See, in an outside-in model of life, Everything is the cause of your feelings. Does it have anything to do with your thinking? No, nothing to do with your thinking. Thought, your power of thought is deleted from the equation. Okay, here's mixed. This is kind of where most of us, where we all are. Mixed is what causes my feelings. A, uh, some things are what I'm gonna call a uh, outside in, right? Some things it's my wife, but you know, my feelings, also run its own category sometimes. Sometimes my thoughts kind of take over. I, I'm in a bad mood when I wake up, and a, uh, you know, we could all acknowledge on some level, most people at least, some people don't, but most people acknowledge that their thoughts have something to do with their feelings. So this I call mixed. It's a little bit outside in, and it's a little bit inside out, which we're gonna describe. So, out, so that's why arrows are both ways. So outside in means uh, something other than my thinking. Let's, let's just use an example over here, work. And inside out means thoughts, right? So it's a little bit of it's a little bit mixed, right? It's not completely clear what is responsible for my feelings. Now, in an inside out understanding, let's make it make the smiley face, right? In an inside out understanding, it's this. It's a, uh, my feelings are coming from my thinking 100% of the time. I'm just gonna draw a line over here. My feelings are coming from my thinking 100% of the time, which means there's no exceptions, there's no splitting thought and feelings. What's responsible for my feelings? What's the attribution? It's not something other than thought. It's not a uh, 
my job. It's my thinking about my job. It's not my spouse. It's my thinking about my spouse. It's not my coworkers. It's not my kids. It's none of these things. It's my thinking. It's the power of thought. It's my thought that's creating my feelings. This inseparable connection, uh, like a light bulb. It's like the electricity. It's like happens in one shot. Boom, bam. Whatever you think, that's what you feel. That the uh, thought and feeling connection is completely inseparable. So what I'm trying to illustrate over here in this picture even though it's not the most artistically drawn, <laughs> a, uh, that there are three kind of ways people think, uh, three different types of paradigms that people have of looking at life. Where is their starting point for feelings? Is your starting point for feelings outside in? And I'm sure we all know people like that. Maybe we ourselves are like that. Is it, right, you could imagine in an outside-in life, if that's your starting point for feelings, how the person could be completely, completely run down, very upset, spiteful, uh, have a lot of anxiety, have a lot of worry, have a very, very busy mind, because in an outside-in model, you're always going to have to think, one, everything's the cause of your feelings. So there's a million different variables you need to manipulate, different things that you need to change, all different sorts of things happening in your life. And on top of that, uh, it creates to a busy mind because if I'm going to go someplace or enter a room or do anything in my life, there's a million different things I need to think about, right? I need to think about this, I need to think about that, because, because there's a lot happening that you need to think about to take into account for your experience of life, because maybe my sister-in-law is gonna, gonna walk in through, my sister-in-law is gonna say something to me, and then maybe my parents are gonna say something to me, and then maybe I'm gonna get lost, and I have to go on the long car ride, and the car ride's the cause of my feelings, and my boss, or, there's all different types of things in our lives that we're gonna to have to think about and overthink and overthink and overthink to each one of these arrows. So anytime you go any place or just in your own, even if you're not any place, you're, it, it, it leads itself to a very, very busy mind. It happens consciously? Well, it's not necessarily, sometimes it could be consciously. People, some people know they have a very, very busy mind and they feel very anxious and very worried and uh, walking into it and then called, Take social anxiety, right? You're walking to a room, so you're thinking that all these different people are the cause of my feelings. So therefore, of course, you're going to feel anxious about that. Why? Because there are so many different people you need to take into account that you're going to interact with. Because each one of those people have a power to cause my feelings. But you're saying they're conscious. You're a person is conscious of the fact that outside factors affect their feelings. It's not subconscious. Well, it it it, it could be. It could, it's, if you're asking a good question, it could in a certain way be subconscious, but the way I understand that is, is that like we have subconscious thinking about all different things in our life, right. but when we realize that it's coming from the power of thought, when we realize that our experience is coming from thinking itself, so what that does is that causes an emergence, and I like to think of it like, a, uh, like an invisible string of thread or invisible string of thought. So it's like, oh, look, I had thinking about that too. I didn't even realize. And then once you see that, a, uh, once you see that, uh, you no longer, it's off the table now. I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example that happened to me, or maybe, uh, I'll just say the example now, right? A, uh, so, uh, around, okay, so here's outside in, right? That something other than thought is responsible for my experience of life, is responsible for my feelings. Here's mixed, which means a, uh, Sometimes my, sometimes my feelings run their own course, right? Sometimes my thinking has to do with it. Sometimes my thinking 
uh, doesn't have to do with it, right? Kind of mixed. And here's what I'm suggesting is really the true way that we were created, the true paradigm, the true starting point for feelings is that our feelings are always coming from our thinking. And I, wanna, I really want to flesh this point out a lot because this is really one of the major points over here. That when a person starts understanding the thought-feeling connection, right, and they stop attributing their feelings for the things outside of themselves, right, so what happens is, is that a person's mind starts to get quieter, right? There's many benefits to this, right? Your mind starts to get quieter. You start to have more wisdom. You get less frazzled faster. And you're living in truth more often because this, what I'm suggesting is, is the true way that Hashem made us to experience life. That there's this power of thought that comes to us at every moment from moment to moment to moment to moment to moment to moment to the next moment, from the day we're born to the day we die, right? And we're always living in the feeling of that thinking from moment to moment. That no matter what we're feeling, it's not coming from the circumstance, and it's 100% of the time coming from our thinking about the circumstance. And they, uh, so I'll give a few examples of this, right? A, uh, I was working, uh, I was working, I work with kids a lot, so a lot of my examples are with kids, but I, uh, I was working with uh, a kid, and again, typical, he was going through a very difficult time at home, his parents were separated, and he, their parents were going through a divorce, and a, uh, he had a lot of thinking about this, and he was feeling, feeling very sad about it, but because he was feeling very sad about this, he was a... Uh, he was, you know, acting out in all sorts of ways, you know, because, and this might sound crazy, what I'm going to say, this, this is going to sound crazy, but bear with me, right, I don't want to shock anyone, right, so as I was speaking with him, I was obviously empathetic and understanding and very deeply listening to what he was saying, and he was in a lot, a lot of pain from his uh, parents' separation and eventual divorce that uh, they got, so I said to him, just very casually, he's telling me he feels this way, he feels that way, uh, fifth grader. And I said, well, where do feelings come from? You know, she so says, I don't know. So what, where do they come from? Do they come from your parents getting divorced? You know, do your parents cause your feelings? Where, where do they come from? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, let's list a bunch of possibilities where, where they could come from. Your parents, your rebbe, all the things that he was complaining about. I basically took out a piece of paper and listed for him, you know. And he said a, uh, he said a, uh, he said, those where it come from. I said, what if I would tell you none of those places were the cause of your feelings? What if I would tell you there was only one place that your feelings came from? 100% of the time, no exceptions. So he says, well, I'd be shocked. So I said, you'd be shocked? He said, yeah. I said, what if I told you that your feelings weren't from your parents? Your feelings were from your thinking about your parents, your thoughts that you were having about your parents that's creating your feelings, right? I was moving away from this, showing him this, right? He says, well, I'd be shocked. I said, what would be shocking to you about that? So he says, a, uh, I don't know, I would just be shocked, you know? So he was a kid, he couldn't articulate himself. I said, well, then I have good news from you. Your feelings are coming from your thoughts, from your thinking. And he goes, really? Well, kids are very easy actually to work with because they'll accept almost anything that you tell them. Adults, we have all sorts of ideas of where feelings come from. And uh, he said, really? I said, yeah. So he says, huh. I said, can you think happy, have a happy thought in that moment and feel sad exactly in that moment? 
So he's thinking about it. He's like, they said, well, how about the reverse? Can you have a very angry thought in that moment and feel happy in that moment? You know, so he says, I said, yeah, I'm just trying to show you that although it doesn't look this way, although it looks like many, many things are the cause of my feelings, and it doesn't mean you're going to feel better all the time, right? But the true source of our feelings is our thinking about the circumstance. I said, that's why when it comes to your parent separation, there's sometimes you're okay with it. You might be optimistic about it. You might feel hopeful. And other times you're totally knocked out because it's not your feelings are not coming from the circumstance. Your feelings are coming from the thinking about the circumstance. And as your feelings change, you experience, as your thoughts change, you experience the circumstance on a completely different level. It's not just that we feel different, it's that our entire experience of, a cert- of the situation is felt on a totally, totally uh, different level. But he was only able to understand this once I was able to link up the thought-feeling connection to move him into what I'm going to call an inside-out understanding, to move him into really a new paradigm, a new mind shift, or a new, uh, a more truthful way of where his experience is coming from. And they, uh, for really anything, let's see, you have a napkin over there? Yes. Okay. So for really anything, what I, what I, and I don't want anyone to take my word for this. I actually want people to see this for themselves. <laughs> so with anything in life, right, uh, and I, I like to do this with clients, is I'll put some, something like this, okay, and something like this. I took the liberty to smile and frown, but it doesn't have to be that way, okay? And we'll put an issue up on the board, like this, and we'll call this one inside out. Inside out means feelings are coming from thought in the moment. Feelings from thought in the moment. I just made that up now, okay? Uh, Outside in. Uh, something other than thought. I just made that up now also. Okay, A, uh, right? And what we'll do is, a lot of times, we'll take an issue, right? We'll take an issue and we'll put it up here. So let's say someone's saying, uh, you know, my friends are my problem. So we'll take friends. My friends are making me feel a certain way. Take friends, take friends, okay? And we'll take a look at this. Well, you're feeling, let's say you're feeling uh, upset. Is that coming from your friends? Is that coming from your friends? Is it outside in? Or is your feeling coming from your thinking about your friends? Right? I hope everyone's starting to see the difference over here, right? Is your feelings coming from your friends is the direct cause of your feelings? Or is your thinking about your friends the direct cause of your feelings? It means it's a totally different mindset. It means there's there's how many people in this room right now? Everyone is hearing something else. Everyone's having a different experience. Some people might be thinking, oh, this is really cool. Other people might be thinking, no, 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 it doesn't work that way, right? And other people might be thinking like, is this guy, like, he really thinks that? Like, this is what I'm here for? Everyone's thinking different things, right? And what that points towards, right? What that points towards is that it really works this way, that our experience, our feeling is directly related to how we're thinking about a situation because every single person in this room is having a different experience 
of even what's going on right now, right? Uh, three people. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to understand this for one second. Yeah. You mean all these years and they're described it well enough? What? <laughs> we talked about this a lot. I'm just trying to clarify. Tell me if this is Go for it. saying this correctly. That could be wrong. Let's say a friend does something hurtful. Yeah. Let's say a friend does something mean. I'm trying to give you an example. A friend... Had a party and didn't invite you. Perfect. Okay. A friend has a party and Drats. didn't invite you. Okay. So now you're saying the fact that she had a party and didn't invite you is not what's causing the hurt. It's how you think about it. So you could either think about it as, like from a Donald Coffey's close perspective or... How, how, what are the different ways you sure. think about that? Okay, so, so, sure, sure. So, uh, it's a good question, and I want to flesh it out a little bit more also, right? So, you're saying that your friend invited you to a party, right? Didn't and, invite you. Oh, didn't invite you to a party, right? And you're upset about that. Okay. So, the question that I ask you is, what is the attribution to your feelings, your upset feeling? Is that coming from your friend not inviting you, which I'm going to call outside in means it's a direct tit for tat stimulus response or is it right stimulus response right they didn't invite you you feel a certain way right or is it coming from or is there something in between the stimulus response is it coming from the fact your upset feelings or hurt feelings are coming from the fact of your thinking about your friend who didn't invite you to a party and some of your thinking might be I'm just going to take I don't know if it's a real example. I'm just going to take a little bit of license, uh, poetic license over here. Like, I can't. They didn't invite me. I thought they were my good friends. I do so much for them. They, I do for them. and They don't do for me. I have them over. I think of them all the time. They always go out of my way for them. And a, uh, they, for their party that they know, and this is the second time that they've done that, and they're so inconsiderate, right? So... They invited that one, and don't they know we're good friends with each other, right? So I like to call that a thought storm. A lot of thinking, right? But okay, so the, but the the point here is, and I want to be crystal clear about this, right? I, I want to be. It, it goes beyond the reframe. I Means the reframe is like, okay, here's the situation. Now just think about it differently, right? What I'm just trying to present here is just the way something works, which means you could think about it in any way you'd like to think about it, right? But the point here is really is, you know, I, I like to call it a description instead of a prescription, right? Like a prescription is here. Take two of these and call me in the morning. The description is I'm just trying to describe and really point to how we experience anything in life from good to bad, okay. which means it's always coming through our thinking. And we might not realize that. So let's say in that example, I'm just going to work with that example until someone throws out another example, right? So in that example, you think, right, you're saying it's tit for tat, she didn't invite me, and because of that, every time you see her, you might stoke up your thinking, oh, I can't believe you might think about it longer, right? You might chew on it. You might call her up and say, hey, you know, I heard you at a party, you know? You might confront her. You might do all sorts of things, and, you know, Maybe you want to do that. I don't know. But hey, uh, in an inside-out understanding is you understand there's something between the stimulus response. It means you understand that it's your thinking about the situation that is causing you to feel a certain way. And once a person really starts to see that, they get wiser, which means you might not necessarily feel better, but, and I, that's in a point that I want to talk about, but something will come to you. There is... 
you might not necessarily feel better, but something will come to you, which means you might get an insight or a new idea, or you'll get some sort of grounding to have your footing in order to, to approach the situation. It means I'm not saying don't ever do anything, but once you understand that it's your thinking that is your you're thinking that's creating your experience, the power of thought that's creating your experience. So something now changes. And for, for everyone, that's, it's something else, right? It's not, it's universally something else, right? So you might get an idea, well, you know, maybe she's a bad friend and I should stop hanging out with her. You might get an idea that it's really not a big deal, it's very innocent, she just overlooked it. You might get an idea to uh, approach her and just open up conversation with her. Right? You might get all sorts of ideas. I don't know what would show up for you. Because we each are endowed with wisdom, uh, insight that comes straight from Hashem. And we get more insight uh, when we start understanding that our experience is coming from our thinking. There's something about that fact in its own right that is very sobering, it's very grounding. It's, it's not that uh, you'll never feel upset again. I'm not. And it's not that it wasn't nice or something. Right. Correct. Your experience of that, the way it's coming to life to you, the way it's showing up for you in the real time, it's coming through your thinking. Right? Which is very different than saying she's the one who caused you to feel a certain way. Right? Now, that doesn't mean you're going to feel better instantly, but typically you're able to get things over faster. Because why run yourself down, right, when you, typically what happens is, although it's not, not always, when a person sees that they're feeling, in that moment, when you shift from one paradigm from another, when you go from an outside in, right, or right, an outside in, she caused my feelings, to an inside out, and you're saying, well, wait a minute, my feelings are, feelings come from thought, always, right, and you start looking in that direction to attributing your experience to the power of thought, so typically what happens is, is that, you stop running yourself down. Like you don't, you start seeing, well, I don't have to think about that anymore, or maybe I don't have to be, it, it, something will come with you about how to handle the situation. But the, the point is, is that it's not your friend who made you feel a certain way. It's your thinking about your friend. That's, and, and there's nothing wrong with your thinking. You, you could feel however, you're free to feel however you like to feel, right? Whether it's the highest feeling or whether it's the lowest feeling, it's all being created from thoughts. So whatever you want to feel, Whatever a uh, your feeling is okay. So does that does that does that answer the question? Okay. So I just want to just clarify. So this approach helps you in your reaction to a situation. In yeah. Your reaction to, but it doesn't. So I'll tell you. That, I, I'll like, tell you. I get exactly what you're asking. You're saying that a person could just be dismissive and just lock themselves in the situation. Right. So like, I, oh, it's, it's before I comment on this, yeah. I'm not trying to make a light of any terrible situation with people and I'm, I'm a clinical therapist and I see the worst situations possible mm -hmm. and my heart feels for them. So I'm not, right. I don't want anyone to get defensive if I say, you know, but uh, a part, and I think this is where this understanding really bridges, bridges the gap, okay. which means in order for a person to make a move in that type of relationship, you know, uh, if you think the other person is the cause of your feelings, it's going to be very, very difficult to make a move. But when you start understanding that your feelings are coming from, maybe the person does need to leave, right? But the, the gap gets bridges because you're stuck now because you might be worried about what the other person's thinking about you. You might be worried about how you're going to deal with all sorts of things in life. And you're just going to be, 
it's like you're in prison, like you just have like handcuffs on you. But when you start start waking up to the fact that we're always feeling our thinking in a situation, that actually provides the person with the strength to leave or make a drastic move, providing they need to move on. That's enough. Uh, when a person starts waking up to that fact, they wind up moving from from again, if I make the arrows, they wind up moving from this to this. Right? And certainly in a situation where you understand that your thinking is responsible for your feeling, it doesn't mean your thinking is not accurate. Right? Your thinking could be telling you, I need to leave. This is dangerous. I need to get out of here. Right? But what tends to happen is, is that when a person it thinks it's exactly stimulus response, there's no room for them to be able to get an insight or no room for them to be able to have that leeway that they need in order to move. So this kind of releases the cuffs off them, so to speak, that they're able to make drastic moves if they, if they see necessary. One is, this is not telling you not to think about things. It's not telling you that. You could think about things as much as you like. Right? And you should. A healthy person should be self-aware. It's just telling you that what is, where is your feeling coming from? Is your feeling coming from your thinking? Or is your feeling coming from something other than your thinking? Like you were saying about this kid. He's supposed to feel a certain way. It's, right. it's healthy to feel a certain way. 100%. I mean, he has a lot of turmoil in his life. Of course sure. he's uh, anxious and angry and whatever. Sure, 100%. But to the degree that he sees that he's feeling his thinking is the degree that he'll handle the situation with greater mental clarity. That doesn't mean he'll feel good all the time. I like to call this being okay with not being okay. I like that. Right? <laughs> being okay with not being okay. Right? right? This is, uh, I, I heard this expression. Uh, I tell my students all the time, like it's okay to feel scared right now or to, or to be angry. Like what that person did wasn't nice and you're allowed to feel angry. Correct. Not only that, not only is it okay, it's, you know, it's how we're designed. Which means the human experience is designed as such that a, uh, is that, you're meant to feel everything. Which means when you understand, uh, I'll bridge the gap over here, right? When you understand that your feelings are coming from the power of thought, your feelings are coming from thought itself. So what happens is, is that you wind up being okay with all feelings. So like something that, I'll, because you understand it's coming from thought. It's not coming from the circumstance, right? So like a question that I ask people all the time, and I wonder, I think about this for hours myself, like how would you feel if you could see all your feelings without judgment? How would you feel? No one needs to answer, but you could think about that. If you want to answer, you can answer. How would you feel if you saw all your feelings from the best feeling, most anxious feeling, to the best feeling, to the worst feeling, to whatever your judgment system on your feelings are, right? How would you feel if you would see all those feelings as normal and okay to have? You'd see them without judgment. Saying I'm overweight, I, can't, I won't find a shidduch is not a feeling. It's, it's not a... It's not a happy, a sad, anxious. It's it's an it's anxiety. That's a thought. But it's anxiety. That's what? not. But it's not. I'm overweight. It's anxiety. What what what? what but I want to I want to like I want to say this. What's anxiety? Being anxious about something. Anxiety being, is yeah. coming from the power of thought. Okay. I just want to bridge the gap over here. It's not something separate from you that has a life on its own. Okay. If all feelings come from thought, anxiety is coming from thought too. It's not okay, separate. Right. But what happens is, is that we, one, we don't know that, so we think, oh, I have anxiety. So the label now, right, 
You're the, thinking that the, outside factors are causing your anxiety as opposed to understanding that anxiety is coming from within you. Correct. That's a very big difference, right? Oh, I have, I have, so, uh, how many times I have social anxiety, I have anxiety, right? So what happens is, and they say, I know it's, uh, I'll just start more simple, right? I have anxiety. It's the anxiety, because I have anxiety, that cause makes me feel a certain way, right? So it comes out that the label makes me feel, oh, why am I, oh, I, I have bipolar. I'm borderline. Uh, I have ADHD, and that's why I am the way I am. Wait a minute, wait, wait, what, what came first? The chicken or the, the label made you feel a certain way? The, the, the diagnosis, the words, that's, where, that's responsible for your feelings? Does your thought have anything to do with it? Does your thinking have anything to do with it? Right, that's what it, right? What caused my feelings? You ready? Borderline, my diagnosis. My borderline. My anxiety caused my feelings. Uh, my depression. I have depression, so depression caused my feelings, right? Do you see the switch? <laughs> right. It's a very, very, it's a very, very big difference, right? Because over here you're saying the words are causing my feelings. That's why I feel a certain way because the I words have. represent something. Well, what do the words represent? Take them out, like. Uh, I, I, let me. I'll give an introduction, right? It happened. Okay, let's talk about diagnosing for a second. Okay. What I was just drawing up there. Okay. Anxiety is the cause of my feelings, right? Okay. I have anxiety non-specified. I have bipolar, I have borderline, I have, right? What happened? How did it start? How did diagnosing even start originally? Diagnosing started like this. There were people, psychologists, therapists, that were observing, psychiatrists that were observing symptoms, okay? Mm -hmm. And they saw a certain cluster of symptoms, and they said they, uh, they were observing a certain cluster of symptoms, and they noticed people, certain people had the same types of symptoms. So he said, we need to have a common language over here. We need to call that something, right? right? What are we gonna call that? We're gonna call that cluster of symptoms anxiety, okay? okay? Oh, oh, there's another cluster, because we'll have a common language now to talk yeah. about things, right? Makes sense, yeah. right? A, uh, now, oh, there's another uh, cluster of symptoms. I'm gonna call that ADHD. Right. Oh, the, oh, another one. I'm going to call that borderline. Okay. But now, what's be, so they were observing something. They needed to name it something. Now, what's become is that the name is the cause of the feelings. I have ADA. I have this is a, this is a major point over here, right? I have borderline. That's why I feel the way I do. As opposed to saying, as opposed to saying, which I'm suggesting over here, that it's it's a way to describe certain types of thinking different feeling states that a person's in. So it's very, very different saying that your feeling is coming from your thinking as opposed to saying your feeling is coming from your diagnosis, from your label, right? So it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a totally opposite, 100%. it's totally opposite. Okay, so I deal with a lot of kids with ADHD. I have kids with ADHD, so sure. it's really, and I'm a certified coach in ADHD. And one of the big things that we always say is that your child is not ADHD, your child has ADHD and these are symptoms. This is how it affects them. So I'm trying to put that. Sure. Well, like well, I remember saying to a teacher, "My child is not his medication. My child is my child. The medication yeah. helps him, so that you could see the unbelievable qualities in my child. And the ADHD is what may hinder his ability to perform in that way. So, like, yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, sure, ADHD? sure. I'll help you. I work with ADHD kids all the time. Totally. Okay. And they uh, again. I'm not speaking, and I just I don't want to be. I'm not speaking against medication, or so don't. I don't want you to intertwine the two. If they need medication, they're different levels of ADHD, and oh, yes. kids need. And I'm not. 
I'm not, I don't want you to get the wrong yeah. thing. You're saying, okay, right? Because totally sometimes I'll say something, say, are you saying it's not? No, 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 I'm not, not like that. Okay, fine, right? I'm just trying to understand. Sure, so what, what? Like how I've always so it thought, could, so could you just help me? Sure, sure, right? Yeah. So let's say you take a kid with ADHD, right? You'll see there are moments, there are times when they're totally nice and fine and not hyperactive, and totally able to focus, and they're totally in the zone, so to speak, for some kids it might be shorter for some kids it might be shorter times than others but you take the typical regular ADHD kid right and you see you'll see their times I, have, I, I, I hear you right it might be I before they that. go to sleep right it might be in the morning when they get up it might be when they're riding home in carpool depends on the kid yes, depends yes. on the kid correct right awesome. and there are times right if you break your arm it always hurts you right, right? if you have uh, ADHD. Well, how do you explain the fact that there are that there are times when they're not like that? Which means they should always be displaying the same symptoms always, 100% of the time. But they're not. Why? The answer is is because it's um, they're 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 everyone. Your kids, me, you, every my kids, right? They're they're acting on the level of their thinking, which means whatever they're thinking that becomes translated into their feeling and obviously into their behavior because you're feeling a certain way you're going to act that so way so I definitely hear you, like do, a, do you see what yeah, the difference? So like a child with ADHD if they're anxious or they're whatever then their symptoms may be aspirate, um, exasperated a correct sure because of their their thinking about the situation sure and they're taught to have ADHD so they start putting boundaries and thinking on places that they can or can't go because they're worried that their ADHD might act up on them in different situations if they're aware if they're aware correct they're aware, whatever, so correct and the younger kids they're usually not as aware but the point is the very fact you'll see that when your kids are calmer right and I don't want you to take my word for this. I want you to see it for yourself, right? Uh, that you'll see that when your kids are comrades because they have less on their mind. So, and in I, those moments, yeah. in those moments, you'll see. You'll well, you'll keep your eye on it. Like you'll see it. Distracting and like dis distraction and um, making like simpler, like you know, like I know, like in my house, like when I see that, we'll like try to do something like very calming and. Whatever, because it will, yeah. you know, bring whatever. But and sometimes it helps, and sometimes okay. it doesn't. Right, but I Why? Will tell you the, but I'm saying, looking from a chemical perspective of sure. like your brain, that sometimes they're calmer because they're, you know, they're the they're dopamine and the serotonin and the, all the kind of stuff in their brain is at different levels because of other. Factors. Sure. Well, the dope. Well, the, uh, what I want to suggest is the dopamine and the serotonin and all these chemicals. And the whatever. Yeah, the norepinephrine, one hundred percent, right? Uh, well, I want to suggest the reason why their chemicals are. Me and you, we also have all yeah, these chemicals, right, right. right? Anyone who has a, uh, you know, your brain is a machine. Right. It's a really, really good machine. It's the, it's it's an it's a divine it's an amazing machine, but it's a machine. Your mind, your gift of thought. Mm -hmm is not a machine, it's spiritual, right? right? Uh, is, is you're having an experience or you're having thoughts. What's a thought? It's just an electron and a neutron, bing, 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 bing. No, it's not. You're having an animated experience of life with your five senses. That's spiritual, right? Uh, the mind is different than the brain. Your your you're uh, gift of thought is separate from your brain. That's why we now know that uh, your brain could regrow brain cells, right? Uh, neuroplasticity, right? So anyone who has 
a certain type of thinking running through their body will dysregulate their chemicals and their dopamine. I'll give you a muscle for this. I love this muscle. This is a regional muscle, right? Uh, I have a coffee machine, a coffee a Chemex at home where I grind up beans, I put in the filter, and I pour the water over the filter, right? And then I get coffee in the bottom. Let's say I took, instead of water, I took orange juice and I poured it through the filter. What am I going to get? Coffee, orange coffee, right? Let's say I put milk. I'll get milk coffee. Whatever... I put through that filter, that's going to come out on the bottom. And our brain, that's a muscle for our brain and our minds, our gift of thought. Our our mind is the filter, is the coffee grinds itself. I mean, sorry, our brain is the machine. Whatever you pour through that brain, that's the chemicals you get in your body. You pour through chronic stressful thinking through your brain, you get anxiety. Chronic stressful, one, experience of life, and two, you get anxiety. And you get more and more. And you get more and more of those, the norepinephrine, the dopamine, all these things. You put calm thinking through that filter, your body will readjust chemically. Your brain will grow, uh, will start to regrow brain cells, right? That's what we know as neuroplasticity that I was saying before, right? So, uh, so it's very powerful to see this. So I guess because it it's like, tot- mind, like mindfulness and like, and calm, you know, and the calm breathing and all those things in order to. Like, so well, it's even it's even more than that. And can I challenge you? Would it be okay if I challenge you? Okay, cool, right? So that like you say, you do the calming things in your house, and right. you know, and those are all good things. I'm not not trying to belittle it at all. But you'll notice that there are times where it doesn't work at all. Right? Why? Because it's not the circumstance. It's their thinking. Something inside of them needs to change in order for it to actually feel calm. So you'll set the mood. You'll put the music on. You'll do the mindfulness things. And they'll say, I don't want to do mindfulness now, mommy. Or maybe if you practice mindfulness yourself, you say, I'm not in the mood to do it. But the point is, uh, back to the main point at hand, right, that... Our feelings are never coming from the circumstance, okay, okay. right? Our feelings. I understand it better now. You understand it better. Perfect. Can I, just get, I hear that. Okay. Three people watch a movie or a show on Netflix. One thought it was good, one thought it was bad, and the other was indifferent. Same show, all sitting there at the same time. What was the movie? It's whatever you thought it was. Right. Ask yourself this simple question. This would be the tip. If I would give anyone a tip to take home, I would say you want to ask yourself the question. Is my feelings coming from my thinking, or is my feelings coming from something other than my thinking? Is my feelings coming from thought, even in a sad situation? Is my sad feelings coming from thought, or is my sad feelings coming from the situation? It's Means, usually coming from th- your thoughts about the situation. Yeah, that's a very big difference. That's a very, very big difference. Your right, thoughts we, about the situation as opposed to just your thoughts from within you? That's that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Your thoughts it. about a situation. I agree that it's coming from your thoughts. So then, then and if you're feeling sad, that's fine. Embrace that's it. wonderful, yeah. And this teaches, this teaches, this is what flows out of this, what we're talking about here, is that while most of psychology teaches you're supposed to be feeling a certain way and you want to avoid certain feelings and if you're not feeling that way you have a problem you're supposed to be feeling good and if you're not feeling good something is wrong with you you need to shake that feeling or you need to it's so unhealthy when someone's always feeling good. well th- what this is what this is showing this helps embrace reality because it's showing whatever you're experience whatever you're feeling from moment to moment that's okay all feelings are welcome so you want to embrace. Maybe there's vital information for you in the sad feeling, right? And you need to embrace that feeling. But if you, if you're not in line with the human experience, just keep hitting record on this. If you're not in line with the human experience, 
So you're gonna might try to shake the feeling, you might repress the feeling because it's too ugly, I don't wanna look there. But once you understand that it's thought created, so there's nothing that you can't look at. As uh, Sidney Banks used to say, he was the one who, the founder of this understanding, he used to say, if, if a person learned not to be scared of their own experience, that alone would change the world. You know, that when we start understanding that our experience is coming from the power of thought, you no longer need to be scared of it. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, she was like, she couldn't function. I'm, well, like, I, I'm like, you have a family to like take. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know the friend. I can't right. comment on the specifics. Yeah. But what I would say is that when you understand that you're feeling, uh, your thinking, and everyone's feeling their own thinking in that moment, right? Even in this room, everyone's feeling their own thinking. So it allows you to really look at the other person and be there for what they actually need because how many times we're in a situation and we're trying to be there for a friend or someone and it's really about us yes you know and because i feel guilty or i feel i wasn't there last time so i need to be there this time so when you talk about no you're really tending to your own feelings of guilt or worry or anxiety or trying to make right or wrong right. you know but when you understand trying to get them to think like or you. trying to get them to think like you or <laughs> trying to show them something you know, or right. teach yeah, them a lesson like doing that to like make yourself feel better like because you feel like I, that's interesting yeah well my I, i'll tell you this since learning this uh my mind has been significantly quieter you know because uh i'm, I'm able to be much more present than it was because I don't have so much thinking about the things in my life because my feelings are never coming from there. So whether it's my kids or whether it's work, seeing clients, whatever it is. I remember one time sitting in the car, I was on my way to Brooklyn and I was like thinking like, traffic, I hate traffic. Why is there always traffic on the Bell Parkway? And then it occurred to me, wait a minute, that's not how it works. Feelings don't come from traffic. Right? Now, for me, I laugh at that example now. It's such a small example. I laugh at it. Like, I used to think feelings come from traffic. Wow! You know? Now I see that's ludicrous. Traffic has no power over me anymore. Because I saw clearly that feelings don't come from traffic. Right? And feelings come from all sorts of things, right? The books aren't straight. Oh, that's making me a little nervous. I gotta fix the books. Right? Feelings come from books not being straight. Like, how far... And we all very creative about how far we go with this, you know? It's a big shift in like what's you so typically just think you all the time. Okay, you're sitting in traffic. Yeah. And you're frustrated, you have to be a certain place at a certain time, yeah. and it's really taking its toll on you. Okay, so tell me with, with um, this, your, your, what you're saying, and versus the conventional yeah, way. Like, how has it played itself out differently? Okay, so first I'll say, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flesh this out. That's a perfect example, but it could show up differently for different people. Right. So one way is a, uh, the traffic is the cause of my feelings. It's outside in. And every time you're sitting there in traffic on the Bell Parkway and you're going, why is there traffic on the Bell Parkway? There's always traffic on the Bell Parkway. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm running 10 minutes late or 20 minutes late. Oh man, look at the ways. It's getting more and more. And you're like, oh, the traffic. Then it goes to, I, I hate Brooklyn. I hate Brooklyn. <laughs> You know, and then it goes to, and then it goes to, and then it goes to my job. You know, if I had a job closer to home, I'd never have to feel this way from sitting in traffic, right? And then it's like, you know what? They don't treat me well either at work. They're underpaying me. 
Does my boss understand that I had to sit in traffic? And then by the time you actually get to work, you're completely run down. And your boss looks at it and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I tried. It plays out different for different people. And just, That's you know, it's not so extreme, actually. You'd be surprised how many people are sitting in traffic thinking, <laughs> if only I didn't have to travel to Brooklyn, I'd have a much nicer life. What they're really saying is, if only I didn't travel to Brooklyn, I'd be able to feel good. Right? And that's really what they're saying. But they don't realize they could feel good and still travel to Brooklyn. Right? And sometimes a person might say, why am I, why am I, I'm always late. This is a story. Of my, oh, I'm so to fly. Everyone has a different story that we make up. I'm so to fly again. I can't get out of my house. What's wrong with me? You're not denied. Yeah, I remember, I remember. I remember. I grew up in Brooklyn and I hate Brooklyn. Right? I remember one time. I, it, these are silly, silly examples. I remember one time I spent a lot of time making myself lunch that I could have uh, in the morning. I was leaving my house uh, like at 8 o'clock in the morning and I was going uh, to the clinic that I was working in at that time. And I, I uh, made some time because I didn't always have time to run out and get food or eat something, you know. And uh, it was very back to back. And if I didn't eat by the end of the day, I would feel very run down. So I like spent like 15 minutes making, and that was a long time. That's like a long time for me, you know. So I spent like 15 minutes, like made myself a tuna sandwich, and I'm getting things ready, and I'm like, okay, I gotta go, you know. And I grab my stuff, I leave the door. It comes to one o'clock when I want to eat. I'm like, oh, I forgot my sandwich at home. So what ha- what what it used to happen to me was like, what's wrong with you? You're living your life too fast paced. Man, you really need to slow down. Here, you're trying to help people and you can't even help yourself. You for, It's not the first time you forgot. I'm keeping tabs, right? It's not the first time you forgot it. Oh, man, you're really not doing well. And then you start feeling sad and you say, oh, look you at you. you on yourself now as a result? What? Yeah, then, then once I started understanding this, I forgot my lunch and I'm like, oh, I forgot my lunch. Over. Okay, I'm in traffic and? But you're not. I'm in traffic and I'm running late. No, but you're not denying okay. the traffic. You're not denying okay. the traffic. You're, but I'm not going to give that frustration any more thought. The traffic is... You can either be in traffic... It's an art. I mean, you have to work to do this. Well... Work on this. You have to be aware of it. Well, the... It's just understanding it. It's just really... I want to point it out. The understanding... There's nothing to do here. I'm not telling anyone to do anything. I just... The whole thing over here is just to understand. Right? When you understand, everything will fall into place. Right? The understanding alone is what's helpful. And you might get an idea, right? Something might come to you. If you understand that your feelings are coming from your thinking, not traffic, you might get an idea. It could be many different, I don't know what's gonna fall into your You might get an idea, wait a minute, I could just call the person and tell them I'm running 20 minutes late. Or you might get an idea, uh, hey, I, uh, I left my house too late, I should probably take into account that there's always traffic on the Bell Parkway, <laughs> right? And not be surprised by it, <laughs> and not be surprised by it, and really, try to get in my house earlier. Or you might get an idea or I'm just late no, and I'm gonna be late. How you get to like... But it, you know, it, but it's hard if it, it's, it, like I said, like it might be a good idea, like if you're in traffic, like it's not gonna help you to worry anyways. But if you really think the traffic is the cause of your feelings, I, I keep wanting to hone on this point for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. If you really think the traffic is the cause of your feelings, so you're gonna have a hard time telling yourself not to worry. Right. Right. If you understand that you're thinking that there's a space between you and the traffic, and that's called your gift of thought, right? You'll have a much easier time settling down. Now, you might not always be able to settle down. You know, I'm not saying you always have to feel good at all. But just the fact that you understand that there's something in between me and the situation, this cup of water, right? So, oh, I'm looking through a certain situation. Everything looks differently now. 
People could use this though as a license to not do their best or not try their best and not to like because it could be like Well if they if they properly understand like like uh like anything in life. Yeah. If if anything in life could be misused, but that's if they properly understanding it, there's nothing to use over here. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? I, I want to means like anything in life, uh, you could misuse a knife and use it to stab someone, or you could use it to cut onions with. I'm saying like it doesn't. This is just that was a funny you example, that was actually right? Which you no, know, if you properly understand it, there's nothing to misuse. There's nothing to use over here. No, it's just like, asking yourself. Where's my feelings coming from? There's nothing to use. I'm not telling you sit down, take a deep breath. I'm not telling you don't pay attention to your thoughts. I'm not telling you your thoughts aren't important. Yeah, I'm just telling you your feelings are coming from your thinking and not the circuit. Whatever you're feeling, there's nothing to use. It's just is. I have one more question, then we'll end. And then if people want to ask more questions, stay around. But if people want to go, they'll be free to go also. Okay, one last question. Go. Is Yeah. I was wondering about that. Totally. I work with mostly kids. But, like, from a parent's, I'm not nervous. Okay, yeah. And how do you inculcate it? Like, you do see kids that are, you know, crying because their brother did or or sad because their teacher... I'm actually writing a book on parenting that I'm almost done with called Resilient Parents, Resilient Children. In stores now, I'm joking. Yeah, well, you know, the first thing as a parent to see is that, like... One, your kid's not the cause of your feelings, right? You're thinking about your kids are because the more you think that your kids are going to cause your feelings, so... She's asking about the kids. Well, hold on, I'm starting. Oh. Hold on, right? The more you think that the parents are... The more they... Sorry. It? It's okay, right? <laughs> the more you think that your kids are going to cause your feelings, so the more uh, drawn after them, you're going to try to fix, solve, and manipulate all the kids' behaviors around that everything should work out. Once you start seeing it on yourself... So then it becomes easier to understand that your kids are living in the feeling of their thinking and you might not necessarily need to get involved and manipulate all the situations to try to cheer them up in every situation because you'll see that their thinking will change, right? So like your kids are fighting with each other. I'm not saying never get involved, don't misquote me, but I'm just for the uh, example over here. So your kids are fighting with each other and you're thinking, oh no, Shmuley's making Ruvain feel bad. So... If you're always going to think Shmuley's making Ruving feel bad or Ruving's making Shmuley feel bad, you're never going to let them figure it out on their own, right? You're going to always involve yourself in them. And once you start involving yourself, you're going to have to involve yourself a lot, a lot, a lot, right? Because they're always going to be fighting with each other. So there's an unlimited amount of time. So you have to get involved. But once you understand that feelings come from thought, so you understand it works like that from you. It works like that for Shmuley. It works like that for Ruving. Right, and you'll be less inclined. That understanding alone will uh, you'll be less inclined to police them all the time, or try to cheer them up all the time, or to, to get yourself involved all the time. Think to yourself, listen. Shia told me that Ruvain it can't really be affecting Shimon's feelings. So, like, is it helpful to get into like the minds, like, use that as a way to try to just like check yourself, like, nothing external, you know. I use that as a guiding light for myself. A lot of times before getting involved with, uh, we have five kids at home, Baruch Hashem, and a lot of times before a, uh, getting involved with things, uh, when I feel like lashing out, or saying, get upstairs, and not saying never do that either, you know, but a lot of times I'll ask myself, uh, is it, I don't, it's pretty natural for me at this point already, but I'll ask myself, like, is Moshe the cause of my feelings? Like, Moshe's really, like, 
No, right? Because you're thinking that your kids are causing your feelings. You're getting this uh, reactive type of feeling or an uneasy type of feeling, right? And from that uneasy type of feeling, you're now uh, being reactive parent and you're just going like a... Uh, you know, Moshe, get upstairs, or don't do that, or do this, or clean up. I didn't help clean up. Do the dishes. Get in. PJs. Ask for PJs. A bedtime. How come you're not in bed? Right. So you're you're having a feeling. You're responding to your feeling, right? And now you're reactive. When you understand that your feelings are coming from your thinking, and your kids don't, so it takes you from a reactive state more often into a responsive state. So now it's that not my differently. it's yeah. So it's not my kids that are causing my feelings. So now my kids still might need to go to bed, right? But uh, it takes you from a reactive state to a responsive state of parenting because now you're able to actually parent for what the kids need instead of parenting because you're uncomfortable with your own feeling. This is what I like about this. It's not a one size fit all. You know, different things come to different people. Like someone was telling me recently that they went to a famous uh, parenting class. And it was more of a rigid style, I guess, you know, and the, and the, this person said, uh, you know, if your kid doesn't listen, three strikes, you know, you wash their mouth out with soap, whatever it is, chutzpah gets this, it's everything very uh, mechanical, you know. And uh, the person that called me up, this was a uh, person that called me up and was like, you know, Shia, the only thing my kid's going to remember is that I washed her mouth out with soap, you know, and I was just trying to follow the, follow the, the protocol, you know trying to follow the program, you know, we do pay for the program, I want to follow the program that I pay for, right? So he, and the person was very, uh, felt very sad, disappointed by it, you know, because the message, as he's the only thing my kid's going to remember is that his mouth got washed out with soap, you know, and, you know, when you understand that your feel, it's all to just solve a feeling inside yourself, right? So like, you're, when you understand that your feelings are coming from your thinking and not from your kid, you become a lot less reactive, you know, and something falls into your mind, a custom-made insight, a hand-tailored idea for what you should do in that situation. You start understanding, oh, uh, every situation is different. In the book that, I'm, that I wrote, uh, I write an introduction, everything comes with a manual in life, except for one thing, your kids, right? <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's, uh, what's our manual to handle, handle our kids? And this is really a whole other topic, but is our gift of insights that Hashem sends us uh, in order to parent our kid. And because it's moment to moment, you get insights from moment to moment. One day, uh, you might need to be stricter on a kid, and the same kid, you might need to be looser on the next day. It's not a one size fits all. But when you think that your feelings are coming from your kid, right, uh, and you overlook your own innate wisdom that you have, your own gift of insight, so then what happens is you fall into the trap of, well, the, the expert told me, three times you get the mouthwash right so it's a totally uh, the whole thing's inside out that's what I love about it you know and they, uh, it's a totally different way of looking at things the way people normally still give me. now I'm going to end here people need to go they could go if they want to stay and ask questions they could ask questions thank you Should I explain the resilience idea why is it such a common you like like the idea, the concept of resilience. Yeah. Well, uh, if they want to go, they could go. I, uh, I think the idea is is that because there's there's re- we're all wired for resilience. It's built into our system, right? So like, you 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 a uh, because we're always feeling our thinking and we're not really victim of circumstance. So because of that, there's a tremendous amount of resilience that comes with it. But if you think you're bound to your circumstance. So you become less resilient, become more worn out by life because there's so much extra 
that you have on your mind. Right. There's right. so He's many. So, so many. A. Uh, so interesting. Yeah. The whole thing is just like to help you be in a calmer place so that you could think better and process information better. Like this. Like this thought process. It's to put you in line with what's really happening. <laughs> it's to like put you in line. Is always happening. Whether you're thinking about it or not, right. it's always happening. That's true. The, the three principles of thought, mind, and consciousness, which is what this is all about, right. is always happening. Whether you're tuned into it or not, it's always happening. But when you are tuned into the three P, you're able to think clearer, and you're also able to realize that my thoughts change moment to moment. So if I'm feeling anxious now, right. and I accept that feeling of feeling uncomfortable, and I accept that feeling of knowing I can feel anxious now, I don't have to change that, and I'm just trying to push it away, accept that feeling, but then I have a choice. And I know that either I can give that feeling of anxiety more thought and say, oh no, now that I feel anxious, I'm going to X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And now that I feel anxious, I wish I wouldn't have X, Y, and Z. But if I accept, okay, fine, I feel slightly anxious now, I know that in the next moment a new thought is going to come to me. And if I tune into the next thought, mm -hmm. because naturally you can't have two thoughts simultaneously, right. I'm going to actually not feel that feeling of anxiety anymore, which is why you can feel so anxious about something think about something else and the feeling of anxiety but the nature of thought is that it is integrated if you don't give it more importance okay so we unfortunately get stuck within that thought we think everything is outside in and we're giving so much importance to that feeling of anger or guilt whatever instead of realizing Hashem created all feelings he created happiness he created sadness he created anger right, okay, he created so, yeah. well-being and if we accept the fact, like Sydney Banks said, if we are not scared about our feelings or not about our emotions, and if we realize that they come from our Kodesh Baruch to yeah. us and through us, we can either let them pass through, mm -hmm. or we can, well, when we in line with the principles, we allow ourselves to feel that. We can't be prescriptive. Like, we can't make ourselves feel something. Someone in 3P, Shia will never tell you, you should feel happy right now. Okay. Because you can't choose your right. thoughts. You can't choose your feelings. That comes right. with a gift from our Kodesh Baruch but when you're in line with the 3P and you realize, okay, I feel anxious now. It's okay to feel anxious. But aren't feelings also sometimes like a form of like, um, like, like a, a survival? Like totally. The, yeah, but it's coming you from said. your thinking. But Shari that's even it. Said, okay. it's, it's such a simple. Feel, it's it's such a simple point. That keeps you in check. Right. That's like, it's such a. It's such a base. I don't want you to. I don't want you to miss the very simple point. Yeah. Yeah. It. The survival is coming from your thinking. You're like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. Fight or flight. I'm out of here. That's coming from your thinking. It's not coming from the circumstance. Whatever you're feeling, I'm, I'm like ironing this point yeah. home. There's a, so much to talk about, but I for like, I don't want to iron this home. Whatever you're feeling, it's coming from your thinking. Simple as anything. Right? As I started, the most basic thing in the world. Right? The thing we overlook. It, it's the most simple. And I don't want anyone to trust me on this. Go home and try to see it. Ask yourself and see what happens. You'll see a very big change. They, I, uh, it's the most basic thing in the world. Unfortunately, I'm going to preach a little bit now. Some of the theories have become so convoluted about where feelings come from that even as a professional, you can't even make sense out of it. So it leaves a person bereft and confused, right? Is it from this? Is it from that? Is it all these things, right? If you have the simplest explanation, that's the clearest, most encompassing of everything, that's going to be the one, right? It's like in Gemara, I know you don't learn Gemara, but if you have, if they say, are you saying good, but say better, it means if you could say simpler and more straight, direct to the point, then it's truer, right? So like here, just the, the most basic, simple point, 
You're feeling your thinking and not the circumstance. Always. No exceptions. What do you do? I think somebody asked me before, but like, so what, like, so what do you do, like, practical? Right, that's, like, that's the issue. Like, practical, like, we're all, like, sold on your ideas. Yeah, yeah. So practical, like, feeling. Ask okay. yourself. Can I give you a Ask yourself. Ask yourself in any situation you're in, ask yourself this practical, simple question. Mm-hmm. Am I feeling the circumstance or am I feeling my thinking? Then you will see, then you will see a, uh, something will occur to you, something will change, you will relate to the situation different, something will happen, it will ground you, it will be like a North Star. The question, like, yeah, well kids kind of know this, because you'll see kids, they're not really wedded to their thinking, they understand, kids is like the most obvious place to see, because you see that they have a feeling, and then they move on from that feeling, right? They'll feel a certain way, they'll tantrum. The kids that they hated... 20 minutes ago their best friends they're best right friends now. with you know they're not wedded to what they think they understand that life is a moment to moment experience and as they can't articulate it in the way that I'm articulating it but they already naturally understand that thoughts move thoughts change just because they thought it yesterday doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to think it today unless they were they don't uh, care about their thinking they don't care about it at all so therefore they, they express whatever they express whatever they want and then they move on yeah because as we get older we learn to, we start to care about our thinking we learn that our thinking has importance beyond what it actually is. So because we learn that our thinking has importance beyond what it is, so we learn to take our thoughts very, 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 very seriously because it must be true if I'm thinking it. It must be accurate. It must be exactly what it is. But kids, they're in, they're in tune with life because they get it, they feel it, they move on. They don't care if they're going to tantrum in a supermarket and you're going to be embarrassed from it because they, they're feeling it and they're ready to move on from it also. But as parents, what they do is, the parents, if you give thinking an independent life of itself, so it's like you have a thought, you have a feeling, and then you treat it like it's this cup outside of me, and you relate to it in that way, this thought needs to be changed, this is not a good thought, this is not a bad, this is a bad feeling, right? So you objectify your thinking, you turn your thinking into an object, and then you hold that it should have weight on you, and carry something over you. When you see it as born of thought, so then... Uh, you return in line with what it actually really is and it stops carrying weight over you.